It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, it's great being with you again in the studio. This has been a while. I mean, I know we did the stage thing, but it's been several months. We had our whole summer series that we were walking through, and you were walking through World War I. Mm-hmm. Uh, any highlights uh, really quick from World War One? I? I miss it. Uh, might be one of the biggest highlights. I just, I have really enjoyed spending the time on World War Two and then on World War One. So I, I sort of miss it. Do you miss your series when you like conclude? Or are you just happy to be done with it? <laughs> there is a, there's a, almost a grieving process where it's yeah. just like, you know, you're, you're so sharp on one focus. Yeah. So I love being done so I can mentally focus on other studies. Yeah. But it, it is, it is really sad to be finished up. Uh, with the series. Was it so, before the summer? Was that the last time we were in the studio together? Yep, and this yep. is a new studio. Too, this is so a new studio. This is our first time doing this in this studio. It looks so similar to our other one. So if someone's like, that looks the exact same. It's sort of supposed to. Uh, there's some subtle differences. So the connoisseur of the Daily Thunder broadcast might be able to pick up on some changes. But uh, uh, but it, And we're still trying to make this one work fully. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. We've had uh, you know our, our challenges in it. But it's a really nice space. And it's a lot bigger. So we're able to do a lot more in it as we progress. It'll, right. be, it'll be nice. Which is exciting. Well, in this particular series, we're I'm actually excited. We're talking through seven of the greatest biographies, which, yes. which I know when we were discussing, that's actually a hard thing to figure out. How do you, how it's do you, nearly impossible. How to do you choose yeah. seven biographies? Well, you, we have two different opinions too. That's right. extra. So we're like, we've had to land this together. Like I was a little offended by some of the books that got kicked out thanks to your voting system, <laughs> which, you know, you voted them so low that they ended up losing their position. I had them high, but you voted them so low that they lost. They didn't even make it into our list, if you can believe that. For clarity, it was your voting system, but it was my votes that caused some of yours to go low. Well, still, but you it was caused your some vote. of mine to go low. So okay. for clarity's sake, yeah, uh, but that's not what we're focused on. Right now. <laughs> no, it was it was fun because we first of all isolated out the top ten, or what we called the top ten, which we were in agreement. Yeah, th- those are probably for both of us. That That's a reasonable top 10, which right. is a pretty unique list in and of itself. That's right. Because we probably, if I, I think when we were just looking at some of our top books, I think we we each had close to 20 to 30 that are like, okay, these are on our short list of all yeah. Christian biographies. Yeah. And we read a lot of biography. We love, we love this genre. Right. And yet of those, there are 10 that kind of come to the top. But then how do you narrow narrow that down. So that's where our voting system came in that you sort of messed up with your voting. <laughs> but I, I still really like our list. I feel like it's representative, even though uh, there's a couple that are like, how did we not have that in this list? But you could say that with probably another 20 to 30 of them too. That's true. And one of the things that we mentioned that we do at some point in the series is actually give some of our honorable mentions, because yep. there are several books that it's just like, how could you not mention this particular title? And I'm sure that those who are, who are watching, you know, if you read Christian biography, it's like, okay, when are you going to mention th- my favorite? Yeah. And I'm I'm slightly concerned that those are the <laughs> few that kind of like got gypped down yeah. to the bottom. Yeah. And yet they're such great biographies. But if we're only choosing seven, uh, these are our, what we are arguing is some of our, and some so of our seven greatest. We're going to count backwards, you know, classic, you know, keep our audience around style, you know, because if we give away the top one now, then everyone's like, I already know the top one. I don't need to know the rest. And so we're going to count backwards. And so this is, today's is going to be our seventh favorite that we yes. voted on that sort of came out in the wash that way. And yet ironically, seventh got tied. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we actually had two ties 
we had three and four that tied, and then we had seven and eight technically that tied. So we are going to mention one of the honorable mentions. It's the one that tied with the book we're going to talk about, and it's the book They Found the Secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to quickly give a even just an overview of They Found the Secret? So this didn't make our top seven. Correct. We're already giving an honorable this mention. This is seven point five. Okay. Yeah. And it's this. They found the secret. Uh, by V. Raymond Edmond, is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, we don't have the copy of it here, uh, but a uh, huge game changer in my life. Uh, and uh, I still remember where I was. I was up in uh, Montana, and God was working in me in a deep way in regards to what it means to have him live inside of me, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. I understood it conceptually that, oh yeah, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, but practically that just, I didn't know how to appropriate that because I'd seen the weirdness uh, of people that emphasize those sorts of things. But I needed strength and power in my life. And I still remember the moment when Leslie looked at me and she says, my dad had me read a book when I was in high school called They Found the Secret. And I knew the moment she said that, it's like, I need to find that book. When we got back from Montana, I went straight to her parents' basement. They had this, all these books on the shelves, great, sort of like your basement. And I looked at her and was like, there it is. And I devoured that book. What was your personal experience uh, with that book? Actually, I think I heard about the book because of you originally. But when I I grabbed a copy of it, I was so stirred because of my, it has 20 basically bio sketches. So it's like these 20 short stories of some of our all-time favorite Christians. And I don't know why I'd never heard of this book before, but when I came across, I'm like, Hey, there's, there's Ian Thomas and Andrew Murray and Samuel Bringle and Amy Carmichael. And you start, you know, Hudson Taylor, DL Moody. I mean, you start walking on the list and it's like some of the who's who of the last, you know, hundred, 150 years of Christendom. And just hearing how God has moved and stirred in their life, every story is so different. And yet you realize it's the same God moving upon a soul. And I just love that uh, for my own sake. And it's like, it gave, it was interesting for me because it was the same thing, which is the indwelling life of God but expressed in different ways, almost like all these different denominations coming together and acknowledging, all right, this is how it works. And all of these men and women were changed by the same thing, but the way they expressed it was very unique. And I thought that was so profound to just recognize that what made all of these men and women great was the exact same thing, which is, of course, what V. Raymond Edmond is drawing out. Now, this isn't one of our top seven books, even <laughs> though it does seem like we're digging a little uh, deep and, into And the it. reason we even put this as the 7.5 and, and didn't include it is because we figured because it's the bio sketches that, all right, we'll just honorably mention it. Uh, and if you've never read the book, it, it needs to be on your list at some point. It is, it is so stirring and it gives you the nuggets to then seek out other biographies, mm-hmm. um, which may or may not show up on our top seven list. Uh, I should just you know, <laughs> keep, it, right. keep it hidden a little bit. Uh, but number seven, actually May number seven, um, I'm actually really excited about. Uh, it's the book Hiding Place by Corey Tim Boom. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk really quick, even just about the story Hiding Place? Because yeah. it, it is, well, I'll let you, I'll, I'll add to it. This... This was a, I mean, I, I, we could say this with all of these books we're going to say, but it's where you, when you encounter a story, you encounter a, a, a picture of a life well lived and it forces decision in you where you can't just keep living as you've been living. And what Corey Tenboom is going to describe, and I think it's John and Elizabeth Sherrill that are going to help her write this book. And, uh, but her storyline being in, Basically, Holland, uh, the beginnings of World War II, when the Nazi regime enters Holland and takes it, 
And then they began persecuting Jews. And her dad had a big heart for the Jews. You know, so she grew up in a home that loved Jewish people. And there were a lot of Jewish people. Were they in Harlem? I forgot what the, the city was that they were in. But uh, so as a result, they were inclined in this situation to help the Jews, which was a highly risky thing. And so they're actually going to begin to house Jews. And the story is, it's not just entertaining, but it is deeply moving to see this family risk their life, ultimately then, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, get turned in and betrayed. And then they end up in prison, a Dutch prison, and then ultimately transferred to a concentration camp. And the storyline of God's faithfulness is so moving that I have, first of all, Leslie and I, I think we go through that book at least once a year together. And it's been part of our marriage. Which, by the way, you listen to the audiobook. Isn't that what you usually go Typically, through? Typically, yeah. The the audiobook version of this, I think, is so good. Nadia, there's two different versions, but the Nadia May version, mm -hmm. it's like when I hear her speak, it's almost, it's not Corey's voice, but it is like. You think it's it Corey's is, voice. It is, yeah. is beautifully portrayed the way that she articulated in the audiobook. And Corey Tinboom is hard to describe. I think you and I were struggling even as we were prepping for this. Like, how do you describe uh, her? And I was trying to use the word winsome, but I don't know if that's the full descri description. She has a great sense of humor. She's so lovable and likable and kind and friendly, but as she is a serious Christian, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's just the real deal. And I think there's something about her life that just deeply impresses itself upon the soul. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, one of the, a lot of people probably already know this, but one of the reasons we even know about Corey Timboom is because of brother Andrew. Mm -hmm. And when the shells were helping brother Andrew write, God smuggler, he kept mentioning this woman who was helping smuggle Bibles across the Iron Curtain. And they're like, we just need to hear about this lady. So a big reason we even know about Corey Tim Boom is because of Brother Andrew. And I I love, I really cannot express how much I love Corey Tim Boom. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do call her my snuggle buddy yet. So, I mean, she's pretty <laughs> high on my list. Um, and, and the fact that, granted, I she died, I think, a few months after I was born. So, but the fact that there was an overlap, and I, I love reading modern Christian stories mm -hmm. that it's like, it actually wasn't that long ago. I mean, World War II was actually not yeah. that long ago. So to see God's faithfulness and to see a, a woman of faith walk through the trials that she did and the craziness with the family that, that all that took place. And yet you see her shine and have joy in the midst of all that is mm -hmm. so life-giving to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just beautiful. So, you know, there's so many factors in this storyline of the hiding place and that have impacted my marriage, that have impacted my ministry, that impacted my preaching. Uh, I have I have referenced this story many times in yep. sermons and different messages. And I even have a book called Barracks 28, which is a book I wrote for Leslie on our 20th anniversary. And uh, I think I'm closing in on 28 or 29 years now uh, of marriage. I probably should figure that out. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but it's called Barracks 28 based on Ravensbrook, which is where Betsy and Corey stayed. And because there was a statement about Barracks 28 in this book, I think it was in this book, mm -hmm. where it says it was the crazy place where they still have hope. And I want to be the crazy marriage that still has hope. In other words, where we're not just accepting the defeat of our modern generation, but we're like, let's do this God style. Let's have the greatest marriage that this world has ever seen. Let's go after something greater. In the midst of hostility, let's make those decisions. 
So this has had a profound impact upon my marriage, my family, my ministry. You know, obviously we're both picking it in our top seven, which I, I almost feel like I'm doing it a disservice by putting it that low, which is, I think, thanks to one of your votes. <laughs> but uh, it's it's truly a remarkable uh, storyline. That's good. Uh, one of the things we wanted to do on each of these books over these next seven weeks is kind of talk about the impact the book has had on our personal life, as well as the character trait of the individual and just what we deeply appreciate about them or how they have stirred and moved us or why we think it's important for this generation. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about, just almost as an outflow of all that, yeah. what is the impact that this book, The Hiding Place, has had in, in your life? Yeah, I, there's... There's two key things. I mean, there's so much in this book. That's why these are. This is a hard, hard <laughs> question. But there's two key things that have probably stood out more than any other. And the first one is what I call the, the two-sided ticket. So I have a sermon called the two-sided ticket, which is a game changer. It's a key part of our Ellerslie training. It's one of the most important enunciations in my own soul of one of the critical dimensions of our interactions with God and His constancy and His faithfulness. The the fact that even though I may pray and ask for something and it seems like God says no. Does God say no? Is God against you know what what I'm asking for? No, it's just that he's he's a good father. And even what looks like a no is actually a yes in disguise. That he is going to go exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ask or think. And there's there's a situation in the storyline where she is praying not to go into Germany. I mean, it's a pretty good request, right? Germany and the stories that she's heard, she's in a Dutch prison and she asks a simple uh, statement of God, uh, not Germany, Lord, not Germany. And she ends up in Germany. And the fact that she was in Germany ends up changing our lives. And she ends up realizing that, that a long time ago in her life, she gave herself to Jesus and she said, wherever you want to take me, for your glory, I want to go there. And as she explains it is that God was answering a bigger prayer in her life, even though it may have looked like a no, God was saying yes to another prayer in her life. And that is he was going to take her wherever she was supposed to go for his glory. And it was important that she went to that concentration camp because it gave her a voice to the world, to, to that generation and ultimately to us and our kids too. And that, that was a profound theme for me. Do you have one that you want to throw on the fire as well? <clears throat> yeah. One of the it's almost is like for me, it's a sub theme of the book, but it was a constant reminder of just how important Christian community is, which sounds rather strange because it's, we're talking about a concentration camp, but I love like before they go into the concentration camp, Casper Timbu, which I, he's, uh, it's almost, we never talk about Casper, but he is such a great like man of God. Guy. And I love his little pithy statements that he gives Corey throughout the, throughout the early part of the book. But when you see Corey and Betsy, later on, I love the fact that here's a God who so loves Corey that he allows Betsy to basically link arms with her, the basically the entire story. Mm -hmm. And Corey always downplays herself and, and her trust in God and, and all that kind of stuff. And yet she almost glorifies, and that, maybe that's a bad term, but she highlights Betsy's trust and faith. Mm -hmm. But I love this, just that sense of Christian community and how important it is for us to have each other to keep turning each mm -hmm. other's gaze upon the Lord. Mm -hmm. it's, it's that encouragement and that reminder and that edification where Betsy is constantly looking at Corey saying, keep your focus, you know, yeah. like delight yourself in the little things and, and mm -hmm. see the beauty of what's happening and the blessings that God has. And I think in the world in which we live, 
we're so individualistic in our society mm-hmm. that I think I need that reminder that, okay, I need people around me. And one of the things I love about what we do here is that we are constantly exhorting and encouraging each other to, okay, here's the truths and here's, here's the focus and let's keep our gaze on Jesus. And that is, that is a boon to the soul of a Christian. And I, and I just love how God portrays that uh, in this book of just the importance that we actually do need each other, uh, even when you feel isolated and alone in a concentration camp. Absolutely. I think one of the other impact, key impact points for me was the, what we could call the fleas incident where when they arrive at Ravensbrook and Betsy's, her desire to give thanks in all things. And if there was ever a situation that does not deserve thanks, it's being thrust into a concentration camp, into this circumstance, which was horrible. And yet, as Betsy would say, it's like, Corey, we have each other. Corey, we have our Bible. Our Bible made it through inspection, which is supernatural. We have our vitamin bottle. Uh, and and she's, so they were thanking God for all those things. And then the, the barracks that they were in was infested with fleas. And <laughs> Betsy uh, thought they should thank God for the fleas. And Corey, that was too much for Corey. And yet Corey finally bent to that and said, okay, Lord, uh, thank you for the fleas. And that has been very profound in my life, to thank God for the fleas. Now, those fleas are actually going to prove to be the protection for this barracks, which is why they could have nightly Bible studies because none of the guards would ever enter in because it was infested with fleas. It was a gift. And there's so many things that come under the guise of fleas in our life that we fail to thank God for that are actually gifts in disguise. And so I think that's always been a profound truth to me. And I always hearken back to that. I'll even just piggyback on that. And looking at my key characteristic of Corey, mm-hmm. the, the thing that always stands out when I read or listen to Corey is just her overwhelmingly simple faith and trust in God and his providence. Mm-hmm. And and you, you're using some of my examples, but it's like the fact that the Bible got through and the fact that the vitamin bottle got mm-hmm. through and you know the fact that she actually got to go with Betsy through this entire journey. Mm-hmm. And you just start to see God's hand in this whole thing. Um, even, even the way that Corey is released at the end, which I don't think is a giveaway Spoiler. Since, uh, since you wrote the book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but even the way, you, and which was actually not supposed to happen and it was kind of a mistake, you, you just see Corey coming to this point of saying, Lord, I trust you. And I, I may not even understand, but I trust you. And I love that faith characteristic where it's just yeah. a simple faith in an overwhelmingly profound and powerful God. Yeah. So w- what would you say is your characteristic that you really appreciate. Yeah. My trait that I picked actually, you know, I, I, there's a lot in Corey that I would pick, but I actually chose a Betsy one, which I don't know if that's legal, uh, in this, but, uh, in that case, I really like Casper. (laughs) (laughs) So, but Betsy's unfailing, extraordinary love for her enemies, those that were kicking her and beating her, beating her, and when Corey would get mad, when she, when, when Betsy couldn't walk, she couldn't move and, and, Corey would just get so upset with these guards that were harming her sister. And and Betsy would just plead, no, we are to love them. Love them, Corey. Love them the way Jesus has loved us. And that is, what a picture. What a, that's something I want in my life. When that steel-toed boot goes to my ribs, I want to have love come out. And I just think of the cross when that spear goes in Christ's side and out comes living water, blood in the water. It's, it's life water, right? And that's what I want to come out of me. I want life water to, to flow out of my innermost man when that spear goes into my side. And I just see it so clearly in this storyline and I just love it.
Mm, me too. I, I don't know how this one reached the bottom of our, I know, of our seven. Yeah, well, I, I voted higher for it. So that's why, you know, I think all of our audience needs to take a look at this and just sort of question, what's Nathan doing? I don't even know because she's one of my all-time favorite people in the world. That just means that some of the books that are coming up are going to be it some must doozies. Must be really, really that's good. That's right. And they are. Uh, well, that being said, we would so highly encourage, if you've never read this book, uh, there is a movie version which is, is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's old, but it's yeah. good. Oh, it is good. But the book is so profound and, and the little statements are so deeply stirring. So if you've not read the book, we so highly encourage you to read the book. In fact, uh, I think I was mentioning to you, we're going to put in the description a link for this book, uh, which if you, if you need to buy the book, it actually helps support Daily Thunder at no additional cost. So if you buy the book, uh, Amazon gives an affiliate commission. Through that link. Through that link. If yeah. you buy it through that link. Uh, and it'd just be a neat way of one, us supplying a link and then you could actually help us do what we do here That's at Daily right. Thunder. That's right. Uh, but that being said, any final thoughts with Hiding Place? Uh, it's just so good. And, you know, I I think the audiobook, I've become an audiobook guy, which sounds terrible, but it really does fit. You know, Leslie and I can, you know, be sort of doing things at night and always would listen to an audiobook. It's our tradition. And so audiobooks are, hold a very special place in my heart. And then my family has gotten into that too. So I think it's the Nadia May. Is that the one? That's that, my favorite. Yeah, that that's my favorite too. Yeah. And so I would highly recommend you listening to that audiobook with Nadia May too. She is like, she's Corey Tenton yes, she as is. far as I know. Yes. Well, I'm so excited for these next several weeks as we're unpacking some of our greatest or favorite biographies. So until next time, blessings. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening. 